Good morning, listeners. Or depending on when you're listening, possibly good evening, good afternoon, or good night. Yes. What do they say in the sound of music? Our feeders and goodbye. What do they do? No, we're not wishing. No, we're not wishing them goodbye, <laughs> big dog. We don't want them to hang up yet. We want them to. Oh no, that's true. Kieran's gonna start the, the podcast the, now. The, the podcast is starting now. The, the two of you freestyling off each other <laughs> and descended into the sound of music very quickly. Yeah. Well, it's like, hey. it's like Ricky Olorenshaw kicking the ball to um, who's another? Uh, uh, Jake Collajasny, you know. Well, between that and the sound of music, we've kicked off um, episode forty-one of the Barry Bullock Hour with some really niche references, boys. Like yeah. really. Nice. <laughs> and I say that as a man who has um, maybe not watched, but certainly um, absorbed the sound of music probably several hundred times. Over. Really? Yeah, because my sister, yeah. my sister w- went through a phase of watching the sound of music possibly every day. Really, and because our our lounge set up at the uh, at the Memorial Palace back in Christchurch, uh, parents in the kitchen dining area yeah. and uh, children in the lounge area. Yeah, I which is where we had the computer set up and the TV. I'd be on the internet, dial up baby, chatting with my friends on MSN Messenger. So cool. Checking uh, my email address, yearbob at tropicalstorm.com. <laughs> Sending those emails, you know what I mean, businessman. Of course, we do. And Juliet would be behind me, um, watching quite religiously the sound of music. So I am, I am more familiar with that film than I am. uh, That's really interesting. Prepared to admit in a public forum, and probably, and probably more familiar than you are with uh, Ricky Olorenshaw. Do you remember Ricky Olorenshaw, Nick Barry? Oh, do I remember Ricky Olorenshaw? Of course, I, I used to call Ricky him the Disaster Master because before <laughs> Jake Collajasny came along, he was the pretty good player, pretty handy player. But oh, good. once in a while, he would just do. And I, but I say every once in a while, every once a game, he would just pull the most unbelievable clangor. Like he just kick it out of bounds on the full with no pressure, with an open paddock. Um, with a bloke on the run, running towards goal, like he just kick it straight yeah. out of the full. We're talking. There's been a, there's talking been a football. few players like that over the years. I was gonna say every every, every team has had um, players like that. Do you remember Cal? You being a Geelong supporter, this uh, might be before your time. But do you remember David Minch? Oh, do I ever? He was a bit. He was a bit like that. But he was a big guy who was clumsy. Yeah. Yeah, he was clumsy, and that's why he kind of injured people because of his clumsiness. And and he and he get a lot of freeze. I remember he got, got a yeah. lot of freeze paid on him. Also, as a side yeah. note to, yeah. to Big Manchie, uh, I think he was Porsche Della Porsche. I was going to say Porsche Della Rossi. What's that Porsche De Rossi? What's her name? That that's her name. That is her name. Yeah. Yeah, was her boyfriend or something like that? Really? Oh, mm. good for yeah. her. She's uh... yeah. Yeah, well, she's a she's a lesbian now, so I don't know whether that's good for him or that's that. I'm not saying that's anything to say. Doesn't reflect well on his uh, capabilities does, as a boyfriend. Is, is she a lesbian or does she swing both ways? She married um Ellen, didn't she? Did yeah, she marry you Ellen? Could, you could still swing both ways and just you know. Anyway, this is that's this an interesting way off topic. That's an interesting path to go way on. Way off topic. There's nothing on topic, big dog. Literally, the that is true. That's on topic, off topic is politics because that's we're not allowed to talk about that. Um, just prefer. That's just a. That's just an interesting like to go from David Mensch, who's a, you know a big burly sort of you know he wasn't a rough around the edges footy player but he was a footy player so they're all a bit yeah. rough around the edges to Ellen he was just that, clumsy 
It's an interesting. I don't know if they if it was sort of like if those were the two stops on the train line of her dating life. I don't know if it was Menchie. <laughs> I don't, I don't know Ellen. if it was Mench and then Alan. I would imagine like you know there might have been a few. Can other, you imagine a few other stops along the way? But um, <laughs> hey, look, you know if you if you're looking at spectrums of if the purpose of dating is to find the person you're meant to be with. Good on you. To do that, you have to cycle Good on your portion as to Rossi. many well different done. personality types and. Body genders builds, and sexualities yeah. to start and with builds. a with a big boy footballer and end up with a uh, sort of small body very funny very comedic lesbian i mean yeah. you've you've done your due diligence yeah you've, you've, <laughs> you've done your research and you've you've landed where you've landed so, i actually i actually so wanted to run to something past you fellas um and this has just come to me kb I was reading the other day, and and you know one of my pastimes these days is to read maths books um not like textbooks but like pop science maths books. And one of the things they were talking about in the, in the science, what's called the science of combinatorics, which is the mathematics of when you have a number of different factors and, um, and, and you have to juggle different combinations of things. The example that they give is what's called the secretary problem. So you, let's just say you mm. hire a secretary because, you know, it's the 19... 19- 50s and people have secretaries um the 1950s exactly and uh and and you know that you can you, you're going to get 10 decent applicants so you know that there's a possibility you that you could interview the best candidate out of those 10 people within the first one or two people right obviously you want to get the best candidate you also know that there's a possibility if you interview the best person, like second, for instance, but then you interview through all of the other candidates, uh, then you could then the then the best candidate could end up just going and getting another job, which is what which is which you don't want, right? So mathematicians argued about this for like hundreds of years about what is there a mathematical way of determining um, when you should stop interviewing people because you, you are statistically unlikely to find a better person, and what they what they what they came up with, you take the total number of selections you could have, and you interview canvas those until you have looked at investigated the square root of the number of possible total options. So if you if you if you got twenty five possible options, you take a look at five of them, and then you decide which one the best is out of those. As soon as you find one better than those first five. You take that person, or as good as that 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 root five. Apparently, like seventy, more than seventy percent of the time, will lead you to getting the best person that that it that it's possible to get. So you don't actually need to interview all twenty five people, mathematically speaking, in order to be sure that you've probably got the right person. So there you go. Let let, let me tell you something about maths. That's interesting. <laughs> My computer is giving me a mathematical equation that. Um, <laughs> It has 13 minutes of battery. Oh, no, big dog. <laughs> so you've got some... So we should we should point out um, that in the spirit of, of 2020, the uh, what what was slated to be the Christmas party edition mm. where we would get the Purvis beer box like <laughs> we did last year and all gather around on the weekend. Sing Christmas carols. The four of us are at the Kensington Palace oh, having a bit of nog, oh, having a few beers, having a great time. Um, has not come to fruition for a few different reasons. Um, obviously, scheduling. Um, Callum and I are here in my house oh. at the Kensington Palace. Big Dog is on the Zoom. Eric the Cox has mm. a had a last minute 
um, Bucks night to go to. Outrageous. Uh, so we, we lost him straight away. And now we're hearing, Big Dog, that you've got battery issues and we might lose you more or less at any time. You'll lose me in T-minus 13 minutes. Good grief. Amazing. I feel like I'm in Apollo 13. This is great. In the spirit of oh. Christmas, I did try and pick up a couple of tasty Christmas-themed beers. Mm. And um, mm-hmm. at the at my local Blackheart and Sparrows, there was only two festive beers. Um, one of them was the one that I've got in my hand right here, the Molly Rose Blue Skies. And this is the wording on this is extraordinary for the name of a beer. It's described as a festive breakfast sour, <laughs> which are really three words you don't expect to go together really in any way, shape, yeah. or form. Um, and then the other option was the uh, the boat rocker Christmas hefty like barrel aged stout porter mm, thing. Mm. And given that it apparently got to thirty eight degrees in some parts of Melbourne not today, I was not in the mood no. for that. But I did pick up this lovely Bruny Island Tasmanian yeah, Bruco. That's on their beers before. Um, whey stout, which is a sweet stout um, with whey that's made. So they make cheese and beer down cool. there in Tasmania. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I thought now that it is a little bit cooler, we might switch to that later on. Fun. Um, Would you like me to put that back in the fridge? Yeah, let's put that back in the fridge. Okay, nice um, but we've uh, so we've got the, uh, the in the glass currently the Molly Rose Blue Sky festive breakfast sour. It's pretty sour. It's pretty delicious. pretty punchy. Big Dog, what are you drinking, given that we can't well, see you? Well, I've just sent you a link to what I've been drinking. It's the Huey Pale Ale Lager. Yeah, made in Goulburn in New South Wales. Okay. And nice. How's that, how's and that I've, intriguing you? Look, it's actually not bad. I, I actually like it for two reasons. It When it's when it's a pale ale, it's, it's really a, an old-school pale ale. There's nothing fruity or anything about it. It's just plain Jane pale ale it's nice it's just they haven't put anything extra in it like it's 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 old school none of this um, passion I, fruit double hopped bullshit no nothing like that it's all right <laughs> it's, it's just it's easy drinking but what i do like about it in particular yeah. is that every six pack that you buy of these these from these guys they actually donate money to australian farmers that's what it says on the can so i find that Pretty good, pretty decent. Getting they're community minded, obviously. Yeah, I just found them at my local BWS. What uh, what uh, do we know? What brewing that company that is? Uh, Tribe Breweries. Okay. And they Tribe, yeah, Tribe Brewery make a whole bunch of different stuff, but um, nice. They make like the Mornington Pale Ales and all that sort of stuff. So Tribe Breweries. So is this a regular, a regular offering of yours, Big Dog? I don't know. I just tried it. I just, I literally got it. Because I was looking for for some beers, and then I saw these ones. They caught my eye. They said, and on the little can, they said that um, you know they donate money to farmers. So I thought, well, that's pretty cool. My battery is all over the place. It, it told me before I had T minus thirteen minutes. <laughs> now it's telling me I have T minus twenty minutes. Hey. Has the charger kicked in? Perhaps, big dog. No, it hasn't. Let's not let's not question it. No, let's not question it. Let's just run we'll it. Just, so, we'll just keep you for as long as we can have you, big dog. Like the big boss in the IT crowd, we're just going to assume the computer knows what it's doing. We'll let it play I out. I don't there. think it does. Because <laughs> <laughs> it clearly doesn't know how to like put the camera up. So the camera's not working and uh, and the battery's not working, which is, for a new computer, is pretty annoying. Yeah, it sounds, sounds like you've got an absolute dud there, but hopefully it'll hold out for as, uh, for as long as it can. So Kieran's just arrived back at the table and he's threatening me. Well, yeah, I thought... disgusting room temperature 
Tui's extra dry. This is the first time that two of us have been podcasting in the same room um, since the March double recording. And so I thought in that respect we could bring back some of the older traditions and challenges of the Barry Bullock Hour. <laughs> and um, uh, Callum, I've got a Reshes challenge for Hey-o! you. Now, we don't have any of the Reshes left, but I thought I would um, present to you, or me, depending on how the challenge goes, um, this uh, Tui's Extra Dry. Mm, I can't remember why. The we, clean, crisp taste. can't remember why we bought this or how we bought this, but... Um, we just agreed that it was probably the worst beer that I think I Eric get wanted to try them, yeah. I think... I think... Because I remember I was getting the shit beer from oh, the IGA right, yeah, on the way over here, and that was the worst beer that I could find at the IGA. I well, like, it, it's, um, it went off... It, it's best before was March Jesus and um, prior to that I had them on my windowsill Ooh. for about three or four weeks um, so this is going to be this is going to be a nasty forfeit mm, um, okay but I thought in the spirit of Christmas I I'd try Christmas. and um, try and do something Christmas related but as we've already established that th- the plans for this podcast have gone awry already huh? and I'll explain <laughs> I'll explain why afterwards but um, Callum I want to give you a chance for redemption Okay. So okay. all I'm going to do... Oh, here we go. ...is we're going straight back to the fruit salad challenge. <laughs> Give me one second. <laughs> the fruit salad challenge. Oh, my... This God. takes us back. To listeners, you may remember um, a few... Like, be more than a year ago now. Uh, Kieran, Kieran gave me a challenge to guess... Uh, what the contents? I'm trying not to look, KB. Do I need to uh, avert my right. eyes? Okay, okay. Um, I needed to guess what Kieran had put into a fruit salad, and it an turned ingredient that didn't belong. An ingredient that didn't belong, depending on your sort of, I guess, depending on your what your persuasion and what you like putting in your fruit salad. Well, it turned out to be carrot, and I had absolutely no idea. And I, I think that part of the reason is that it's quite an inobtrusive vegetable. And I think you, Kieran, I believe you'd let you'd let it actually sit in the jus. I had I'd marinate overnight, yeah. uh, which I feel was a bit sneaky. But I, I do I do think it made for good radio. Oh, so, Kieran, Ka- I'm, I'm quite concerned at the level of activity. Kieran's gone upstairs, uh, yeah, hoping he that he's not not gone to get the toilet brush or something. You know, <laughs> I got to say. Kieran's stairs are very prominent in the background. They are prominent. Today, but they are prominent. I've just gone to get a blindfold. Oh, yeah. The, the, the traditional Japan t-shirt. The traditional t-shirt freshly laundered uh, t-shirt. Classic. Uh, so as Kevin's pointed yeah. out, what we did learn last time is that you can add carrot to your fruit salad as a nutritional boost. You can. Oh, can you ever? And, and you won't notice. You, won't, um, you will not notice at all, I promise. Hey. None of the boys could notice it either. No. They, would, after, uh, they tried it, blindfolded it. Well, I can assure you and, that um, the fruit salad I'm about to put, I am li- literally have just mixed the, uh, the adjunct into it. <laughs> the rules of the fruit salad challenge are very simple. You've got one minute to tell me what is the ingredient that doesn't belong in the fruit salad. How long did I get last time? I gave you 30 seconds, and then when you were nowhere near it, I gave you another 30 seconds. And at the end of that 30 seconds, you were still nowhere near it. But I realized putting a sweet vegetable into a fruit salad was really just a healthy boost. Delicious. Not nearly that is it. I did feel very good about myself afterwards, but then I had to drink a disgusting rushes, and I felt very bad about myself. So it's... um. It's like, a bit like life, really. I've got to say, Callum looks like a, a very kind of metro... Like a hipster version of Robocop with that blindfold on as well. Of Robocop. Robocop. (laughs) (laughs) 
All right. Um, Callum, are you ready? There's a fork there. Yep. Uh, sorry, a spoon there. I'm going to give you one minute. Um, for the for the audience, I will now tell you what the mystery ingredient is. The mystery ingredient is... Licorice. One minute on the timer starts now. So he's taking a big mouthful there. Oh, okay. I'm, he's taste something. He's, ta- he's tasting something. That's a good start. He's got, ten seconds have gone. That is exactly uh, one sixth of the time. Forty six seconds gone. He's having a little bit of a sipple there. Sorry, this is probably disgusting. It's a. No, it's not a great visual. I'm glad we're not videoing it this time. But um, tell you what, he's hoofing it down. He's hoofing down that fruit salad. I think I know what it is. Well, but... you better. You've got thirty seconds. You are halfway there. You better start throwing out to some suggestions. Yeah, do it. Just is, is it? Is it? Is it licorice? Yeah! Yes! <laughs> yes! <laughs> fruit salad victory. With, uh, <laughs> fruit Callum, the challenge. Nine Callum, you are. And he gets it. Um, Callum, you are a regular Mr. Ed. <laughs> that means I am stuck with the uh, room temperature, uh, the room temperature Ted's, which I'm not looking forward to. What I will say in terms of the um, mm. the Christmas party disaster. So my theory for this one was I was going to I was going to um, make Christmas cake muffins because mm. I thought in the Christmas spirit, and then I was going to, mm-hmm. and then I thought I thought black jelly beans. Then it turns out you can't buy black jelly beans on their own, at least you, you couldn't. Not? not not where I could find them. Mm. And then I thought, well, I'll just buy I licorice. I've actually found them before. I have too, but I couldn't on the time I was looking. Mm. And I thought, well, I'll just get licorice. That'll be the same thing. Mm. And so today I made Christmas cake muffins. Did you with licorice in them? And they're delicious. And you can't tell that there's licorice in them. That's amazing. So in one respect, they were a, they were a success. And on the other respect, they were something of a failure. Because you got the licorice special. Because I, I knew that you wouldn't be able to actually discern the licorice. Because oh, you, you think about a Christmas cake, you've got a little boozy hit. You've got yeah, fruitiness. True. You've got spice. That's true. And That's li- true. the licorice is an unexpected, really nice addition. So later on, there's a couple of Christmas cake muffins left, Cal. I, I sent Cal a sneaky message yesterday, big dog. Um, just just prepping him possibly for the challenge. I said, how do you feel about Christmas cake, Cal? And he sent me, and let me just get out my phone, because I want to <laughs> get this quote word for word. I was excited when I got that text message. I said, uh, the text was, also, do you eat Christmas cake? Are you a Christmas cake guy? And uh, Callum replied, all caps, I am a Christmas cake fiend. <laughs> to, to which I replied, good news. So I was really looking forward to, to giving Cal a couple of these oh, uh, Christmas cake with muffins. With the licorice. With the licorice, but as it turns out, that's a, that's a, that, would have been, that would have been another fruit salad challenge carrot Aaron. actually works in fruit salad debacle. Oh no. We may have lost Big Dog. We've lost Big Dog. Because now we're looking at our own ugly mugs, and that's never a good sign. <laughs> Kieran, I, I think you might be like an inadvertent... Um, without meaning to, you might be a culinary, like like a, a genuine ratatouille. You just, just intuitively know. Like yeah. carrot and fruit salad, bam, get it in you. Licorice and Christmas cakes, bam. bam. Unexpected winner. Delicious. Can I Basically, like I'm a home branch Heston Blumenthal. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's what I like to call myself. 
stuff. Mm. So, um, so I'm going to finish Cheers, the last man. of the Molly Rose uh, Blue Sky festive breakfast. That stuff. is delicious. I, I that I rate that highly. It is really nice. The one thing I'll say to the Molly, Molly Rose, I think, if I'm not mistaken, is yeah, Collingwood, a Collingwood brewery, mm. is there's very little information on the can about what the beer is supposed to be about, all the ingredients. Mm. So we're pretty much left to determine what like what a festive breakfast sour is so. Bold and ambiguous. Um, what it's makes it festive? What makes it breakfast? What makes it sour well, is obvious. It's quite tough. I think breakfast. I think breakfast is from grapefruit, right? It's like you have breakfast, grapefruit from breakfast. But, but, but would you have that on Christmas Day? Maybe if you're on. Maybe for on a preemptive Christmas diet. <laughs> I'd like to find out more about the uh, the ingredients and the theory. Mm. But the Molly Rose Blue Sky Festive Breakfast. Sour, I rated it. I, I think that was. Lack That's of information, bad. Everything else about it, very nice. I'm going to say very, five out of five for me. That tasty. is actually exactly Five what, out of five? Five out of five, man. Good That's grief. exactly what I wanted to drink. I didn't know it, but um, yeah, started drinking that, and it was delicious. See, I've got, see I'm on Untapped, which is the beer rating app yeah. software. And so, for me, the, the highest mark I'll ever give is four and a half out of five. Really? And, and four and a half out of five is like... Is that because is, you don't believe in perfection, KB? Um, a little bit. Mm. And I, but I always, I always like to believe that there's somewhere more to go. So when I drink a beer that I'm like, this is one of the best beers I've ever drank in my life, mm. I'd like to believe there's another level up. But yeah, four and a half is the number. So I'm surprised to see you, you think that willy-nilly throwing out a five out of five. Well, you know I'm a very enthusiastic man, Kieran. Yeah, I know, but you, you know, I'm just saying. I, there's, a, there's a deep philosophical question there, KB. Do you believe that... You don't give out five out of five because perfection is impossible. Or, or do you believe that perfection is possible? And this is this is like this is a common this is a common theological argument in the Middle Ages. Um, they they used to they used to say when we were talking about could you understand what it is to be omni omniessent, which is God God knows all things, right? And I'm not religious, dear listeners. Oh but fuck me, this beer's awful. <laughs> Kieran's not so, religious, but he's thinking about turning to God after having a whiff of Ted. Just poured out the Ted. Haven't even tasted it yet. Had a sniff. But sorry, go Foisted on. Foisted on his own batard. Jesus. Um, and they used to say that um, you, you you couldn't know what it is to be omniscient because only God is omniscient, but you could have little glimpses of what it is like to see all of creation. So there is a sort of microcosmic thing. When I have a really beautiful beer and I really enjoy it and it's perfect, when it's perfect, I think this is like a, a, a taste of yeah. divinity, of perfection, right? And you know what? I might go and find another beer that, 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 I, that I like more. But for now, this is five out of five for me. I, I guess like I'm a... Um, sorry, Big Dog's just sent through a message saying, battery dead, and then he's put in a skull emoji. <laughs> I'm impressed that Big Dog even like knows how to find the skull emoji. I don't think I'm not. I don't actually. think I've ever sent a skull emoji. I think emoji Big Dog probably spends a lot more time on his phone than he used to, given but that he has the Wii One. Big Dog went from thirteen uh, percent to twenty percent battery to zero. So that's the, so he's gone. His, his computer he's out. He's, it sounds like his computer is having a bit of an existential crisis. It's he's just bought an of, absolute shitter of yeah. a computer. It's um, like, yeah, to go back to the beer rating conversation please, just for a moment. I go. guess I guess I think I always think of the beer rating. Anymore. Can I have some more of this? You can have some more of that. Yeah, I've got to get power through this disgusting warm off Ted's. Oh. I guess because I because I'm committing um, my ratings to the app. Mm. Mm. Well, it's effectively it's a rate it's a scale. You are assigning a value, and therefore you are putting things in some sort of order. Yeah. And so for me, 
Like if I want to review all the beers that I've drunk and untapped, and I think it's something like two hundred. Is it really? You can rate what them. Done? You can you can uh, sort them by your rating, which means I can bring up the four point fives, and I can, can tell we, you. Can a, we hear the four point five? A four point five to me what on untapped for me is constituted as being one of the best beers I've ever drunk, oh. and there won't be many of them. And then like a four and a quarter is very good. Four is good, and then three is but like so for me the idea of not ever going into five like. You're still waiting. Five has to be the best beer I've ever drunk. And like, has it, have you obviously never so. Surely, well, by definition, mathematically speaking, you have had the best beer you've ever drunk. No, not yet. Because no, that's no, 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 no. Up until this point in your life, because you could get hit by a falling piano, right? So theoretically, up until this point in your life, you have had the best beer you've ever drunk. It might not be the best beer you will ever drink. Yeah. But you have had the best beer you've ever drunk. Yeah, but that's why you've got to leave... That's why you've got to leave. But why the... can't can't things just join? Can't, no, can't other fives. Can... There's there's a level above. There's a level above. Um, I'm just trying to work so out. So really, it's quite for, for for a conversation about beer. It's quite deep, isn't it? Really, it's quite philosophical. Well, we've already had a couple. Let's be honest. That's um, true. That's true. We've I can been... I can tell you if you'd like to know yeah, what my four point fives are. The first four point five is the um, is the reason I got the app. Yeah. Because I retroactively wanted to remember what it was called. What what was it? Um, so when I went to Little Creatures Brewing mm. uh, in Perth mm. uh, five years ago, they had a um, one of those sort of like brewery only small batch vibes. I love those beers. It was like a raspberry wheat ale. A, a dark raspberry wheat ale. It was Yum. called the um, Queen of Tarts, and that was like that was that was. I reg- I regret to this day. I regretted it the moment I walked out of the building, and I regretted it the next day not having a second pint of it. Like you only I had one it, pint of it. I only had one pint of it because I was on my own. It was I was tired. But isn't that, that's kind of magical, isn't it? Really, it's like that time I made up with an oh, American no. tourist in a in a hostel in Tsingdao oh, wow, like ten go. or eleven years ago. Gee, I that, don't even remember her name, but that, it was quite magical. That, yeah. that conversation took a turn. <laughs> Sorry, go on, Karen. No. Um, the next is the uh, Three Floyds uh, Zombie Dust uh, IPA, which I had in America. Just smashed it. Just a yeah. smashing. I had like five pints of it. I'm like, this is a damn fine beer. So you learned from the first experience. You were like, oh, man, I really wish I had that. And then you were like, whoa, better have four of these. And then the Belching Beaver Peanut oh, Butter Milk Stout, which we know is just an absolute classic. And it's delicious, yeah. Um, and then we're straight into the four and a quarters. Really? So there's only qu- three and a half. There's th- only three, four and a half beers. I think if I was, um, if I had the app, remember when we went to um, Slow Beer in Richmond? I do. And we had the uh, Triple Day of the Dead on tap. Yeah. And then the yep. uh, Death from Above on I do tap. remember that, yeah. The, the Triple Day of the Dead that day was a four and a half. But that was before I had the app. I understand. Four and a half are beers that I can recall off the top of my head and go, those are the best beers I've ever drunk. Yeah, and so fair. far, there's only four in the club. That's fair. But this, to be fair, the, the, the one that was next on the list, which is a four and a quarter, that's also pretty good stuff. Which was yeah. a four and a quarter? Oh, one of the... Uh, the um, Boom Enlightenment. Very nice. What, what, type of, what type of style is that? Uh, it was just straight up the guts IPA. Delicious. The creepy thing is now uh-huh. is that we are we're we're on a Zoom call with ourselves. <laughs> it's got it. So all we're doing is looking, glancing at each other, and then at the screen. Yeah, the dog's gone. So we're no, on a Zoom, we're on a Zoom meeting with by ourselves. ourselves. <laughs> this doesn't work. <laughs> Why are we doing this? I don't know. <laughs> Should we switch the Zoom <laughs> off and just converse with each other? Oh, let's yes, yeah, let's okay. So KB, I've got a bit of a spatula. 
Oh yeah, so golden spatula time. I, I think this one's. I think this one would be solid gold. You know, in an actual gold. Actual gold. All right. In a in a in a in an unassuming kind of a way. In a sort of like the gold's been in your family for a wee while, and you probably wouldn't melt it down and sell it. For, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like it's how much? How much? Like how much would it cost mm. to have a full sized spatula made out of gold? Made out of gold. Fuck loads. Sorry. If, excuse my French. <laughs> <laughs> it would cost a lot of money. Oh I think. man! I'm going to Google that in a second once you because I think you've got something to talk about after this. While you're doing that, I'm going to look up the price of gold and I'm going to do a little ready reckon on how much I think it would cost. I might also like figure out roughly by weight how how much a spatula might weigh. Well, it won't. It's, it's going to be no, because the spatula, the spatula, a real spatula, yeah, is like a bamboo handle handle and a piece of handle. <laughs> <laughs> a, a, a cheeky bamboo hando. <laughs> I think we might have had too much beer. Bamboo handle. Bamboo handle. It, but what I'm saying is, the problem with making a spatula out of gold is 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 not. It's not weight. It'll be volume. It'd be volume. It would so be volume. Yeah, weight will be a, almost a non-event. But, but yeah, also, it'd be pretty awesome. It would be awesome. It would also be completely ineffective because it would be highly conductive. So you'd be staring your, you'd be staring your your hot soup or your your fondue and trying to get the last scrapings of the fondue out. But the heat would all just be going straight to your hand, which is why. Uh, yeah, I think it'd be use, more of a decorative item. Yeah, I don't think you'd item. use it to make fondue. But hey, when we're making Joe Rogan money. <laughs> When the very Bullock Hour is the number one <laughs> podcast in the world, and, po- and Spotify come a knocking on the door, getting those we're getting a gold spatula, getting those sweet. made of gold. We're flying out to Dubai and we're, we're with some blueprints and we're getting it done. <laughs> I'm looking at you, decor, de- de- decorate the the, the like the, the the Tupperware kind of. Like I'm, th- I'm trying to think. Oh, EXO, EXO. You are, you brand? are literally saying things I don't know anything about. But like, like a, like a cut. They're, they're like a kitchenware brand. Oh, EXO or OXO? OXO is the stock cubes. No, OXO is the stock cubes. I'm getting completely muddled now. EXO. I think EXO. All right, so I've got. There's a mental image, dear listeners. I think Kieran can probably Google this and put an image of a like black plastic, and then we've got like their symbol is like a little silver ellipse. Uh, with with red and then I think it's EXO is the brand maybe maybe maybe, um, maybe we could get a sponsorship from them I mean we're, we're well overdue for some sponsorships absolutely anyway <laughs> anyway you, my spatula, spatula made of gold my spatula made of gold and I've been reflecting on this uh, I, I went up to visit my father um, because I haven't been able to in the country yeah. which yeah. was delightful ring of really steel nice. what was it called ring of steel lifted not a ring of gold no, no, definitely not a ring just of gold. Just steel. Steel. It's a volume. It's, again, so that's a volume issue. Ring of gold wouldn't hold people in, mate. Gold's a very soft yeah, metal. People would just fucking nick it. <laughs> hey, let's go out to the Berlin Wall. <laughs> chip us s- up a couple of times. Chip us up a few Make ourselves a spatula. <laughs> would never have, the ring of gold would never have lasted. Although appropriate for a Christmas episode. True. True. Was there five of them? Five gold rings. That was nice. That was real nice. That sounded good. I think we got ourselves our Instagram soundbite. Anyway. Anyway, uh, my golden spatula, we've really hyped this now, is goes to the humble jumping jack. I think your phone is pronounced humbo. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. 
Jump, jumping Jack the Exercise? Yeah, yeah, like like a oh. star jump, star jump, star jump. Yeah, yeah. star jump. Because like, I'm a I'm a teacher and I used to be a primary school teacher as well. And whenever you tell people to do star jumps, there is always seventy percent of any group, no matter what age, no matter where you are, no matter what they're doing, unless perhaps they're cheerleaders or calisthenics nuts, possibly or. Mm. or Seventy percent of whoever you're with, when you say "let's get up and do some some star jumps," will groan audibly. Okay. It's a rule. It, it happens. It happens. I've observed it a lot of times. Not the most trendy exercise. No, they're not trendy exercises. But on my long drives, I've discovered I don't actually need coffee or energy drinks or or, or anything. Hey, you to, always need energy drinks. Well, obviously, I, sorry, I, I I say that, and yet obviously I do need coffee. Uh, I don't need energy drinks, but that's my energy drink. I get out of my car. Go to a rest stop, have myself a coffee. No, have myself a big swig of water. Monster. Do do twenty star jumps. Do a little bit of a do a little bit of a stretch. Yeah, and I find myself good to go. Good to go back on the road. So yeah, okay. okay, I I, I think that off, they are oft maligned and underrated as a form of getting your the, your whole body moving and the blood flowing the blood in all pumping. sorts of directions. Yep. Yeah. So okay, to the humble the humble jumping jack. That was or, uh, a strange one, but I'll pay it. Yeah, no, thank you. Geez. There you go. There you go. Also, quite a short one. Five gold rings. Um. <laughs> Sorry, I just really wanted to. That was really fun. Why were the hens French? Anyway. Um, <laughs> well, that was that was exciting and Christmassy. Here's a story that's not Christmassy, but it is. I think Good. incredibly exciting. Yeah. I don't know if it was just me or, or people of, uh, of my age and generation. I don't know if you did this, being a sports fan, but I would, when I was a youngster, it was always a, a recurring dream, mm. kind of a, 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 a daylight fantasy, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to get called up to your favourite sports team mm. in an emergency situation to Reasonable. play. Yep. So yep. for you, it might be like going to the cattery to watch the cats. Yeah. For me, it was going to the old Lancaster Park. Yeah. Because in the old Lancaster Park, the players' rooms were basically where in in the stand where we used to go and sit and watch the cricket. So we knew where the doors were, and it was always my fantasy going to a Black Caps game yep. or a Canterbury cricket game. Yeah. That as we were walking past with my mum or my granddad or my dad or whatever, mm. one of the coaches of the team would come bursting out of the door and go, "Oh no." Shane Bond's got food poisoning. <laughs> you, kid, we need you to come and open the bowling for the Black Caps. Ah, amazing. And I would go, sorry, Mum, I can't watch the game. I've got to go and skittle the Windies. <laughs> what a pithy one-liner. And that right. was that. And that was just... So I don't know if you had that sort of thing, you know, walking I, around I, the Cattery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I normally like I've had similar, I've had similar, similar I feel like fantasies. It's a, I feel like it's a pretty common fantasy when you're a kid. Yeah. Like, you, you dream of when you're at the ground, you get the emergency call. Absolutely. But that Absolutely. sort of stuff doesn't happen in real life. Or does it? Oh, this is going to be good. There is a story in the NFL this week, just ah. gone, this round just gone, that I think is the closest you can get to walking into the ground and being called up to play for your sports team. Amazing. Have you heard of Kendall Hinton? I haven't, but I no. feel like I'm about to. And neither had 99.99999% of the NFL fan base. Love I don't it. think anyone outside of his friends and family <laughs> and some members of the practice squad knew who Kendall Hinton was. <laughs> now everyone knows who Kendall Hinton is. So here's the story. So we're in the middle of this uh, COVID-19 pandemic. 
we, we try not to talk about because we, you know, there's so much saturation of that story. Five gold rings. We can't just use that every time we want to get out of something. <laughs> can't we? But there are there are some positive stories to come out of it. Mm. Um, so the NFL is the National Football League in America. They play American football. They play gridiron. The guy called Kendall Hinton, 23 years old currently. Mm-hmm. He played quarterback. Quarterback in American football is arguably the most important position. They like are the ones on the side. They are the, they're sort of the unofficial captain. They're the one that gets gets the ball first, and they tend to make a lot of the decisions as to how you're going to play. Throw the, the ball. Throw the ball. Pass the ball. The ball pretty much goes to the quarterback every time. Mm. Quarterback's always the most highest paid player. If you consider that the um, the captain of the Australian cricket team is considered to be a higher post than Prime Minister, equivalent to the All Blacks captain being the ha- highest post in New Zealand. NFL quarterback in America, you're pretty much like you're in if you're a if you're a starting NFL quarterback, you're the top dog. Yeah. You are the yeah. top dog in that yeah. team, in that building. You're, you're, you're like some of the top fifty top dogs in the country. NFL yeah. starting quarterback is an elite level yeah. of professional sports. Yeah. So COVID-19, airborne, pandemic, incredibly infectious disease Dangerous. going around, sweeping around the world. And so there are many, 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 the NFL and the teams of their own have their own COVID protocols in place. And so some of the teams have been getting COVID-19, they've had to shut down, they've had to delay games. There's all these measures in place. To ensure that COVID-19 doesn't go rampaging through the teams. Makes because sense. at the end of the day, there's a lot of money at stake. A lot of players on these teams. You're talking about billions of dollars going down the tubes if the NFL, the COVID gets its hooks into the NFL. Mm. Traditionally, you've got four quarterbacks in each squad. Mm-hmm. You've got the starting quarterback. Yep. You've got his backup. Yep. You've then got a third backup. Those three are usually the ones that travel to the game. Yep. And then you've got a fourth quarterback in the squad who... I don't think travels. I think he's just like a... He's the backup, backup, backup. So yep. if your top guy goes down, everyone moves up a slot. Yep. Last weekend, the Denver Broncos were slated to play the New Orleans Saints in Denver. The day before the game, their fourth-string quarterback, who in my opinion shouldn't even be in the building, that dude should be like watching tape at home, um, tested positive for COVID-19. And they went back and they reviewed the GPS data and all the cameras they've got. And they worked out that the other three quarterbacks, the starting quarterback and the two backups above him, were all all close contacts. (laughs) They were in a meeting room with him (laughs) without masks. And so the Broncos reported to the NFL. We said, hey, here's the situation. And the NFL went to their pre-established protocols. They went through all the criteria and they said, right, those four players, out. Those four players cannot play this weekend. So the Denver Broncos... The day before a game, had all of their quarterbacks wiped out. In comes Kendall Hinton. Now, who's Kendall Hinton, you ask? On the Nove- on November fourth, he was uh, his LinkedIn page says that he was selling medical supplies. <laughs> on November fifth, Kendall Hinton was uh, was returned. He was re-signed to the practice squad. He played his high school football at quarterback. He then went to Wake Forest College. Where he played quarterback for a couple of years, then became backup quarterback. Then they said, "You know what? You're so probably you're probably was, a good wide receiver." He was backup quarterback for his college. 
and then wide receiver. <laughs> they switched him to a wide receiver. <laughs> he was drafted by the Denver Broncos in April yeah, uh, as, as, a a wide, receiver, as a wide receiver. And then he was cut in September, which is when the last series of big cuts. Um, he was re-signed to the practice squad on November 5th. Uh, as a wide receiver. As, no, as a wide receiver on the practice squad. Right. So okay. those are guys okay. that never play. Right. Their job is just He's to just practice. There. They're the, the, the backups of the backups of the backups of the backups. This guy's a wide receiver. Um, Kendall Hinton had not thrown a pass in a competitive football game for three years. He had not pr- he had not practiced at the quarterback position for two years. And the day before the Denver Broncos played the New Orleans Saints, they took him off the practice squad and said, Kendall, you are going to be the starting quarterback <laughs> for the Denver Broncos. <laughs> oh! Three weeks earlier, the dude was selling like band-aids and fucking, you know, like like syringes. Three weeks later, starting quarterback for the Denver Broncos. Bam! That to me, that is an incredible story. That is pretty great. Like yeah. that, that's the sort of thing that 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 is the equivalent, in my opinion, the closest you will ever get in real life to like walking into the stadium of your favorite team and having someone tap you on the shoulder and yeah. go, "We are in an emergency. We need you to play." Yeah, like that's a dream. Yeah, that's a dream people have. Yeah. Where someone rings you up and goes, hey, Kendall, the guy who we signed and then cut <laughs> and then re-signed as wide receiver. Hey, dude, we need you to play starting quarterback, the most important position in football. <laughs> but he did it. This but, is real life. Oh, that is amazing. And what what happened? Well, they got done, which is not surprising. <laughs> they got done. They scored. How, did, how did he play? He, he didn't play that well. He, he had nine pass attempts. He completed one of them, which, hey, He's Completed got, a, pass got an NFL completion, and they they ran it a lot, and they did some like crazy scheming and stuff. But yeah, no, um, they got smashed. For me, bit. how he played is irrelevant. Absolutely, just the fact that he got to do that—that's great. That is that is one of the most incredible it's stories sort of very, in in NFL football history. That dude's a legend off Hill one Hill. day of work. So good. He's gone back to the practice squad, but you know he's twenty three years old, um, and he's got a name now. He's made himself a legend. For after one game of professional football, that is great. I just love that story. So here's to you, Ken Linden. Um, that's a hell of a Christmas present, man. Absolutely. And, uh, I hope I hope you just it lapped it all up because I think that what an extraordinary experience. Hey, so I've looked up the price of gold, and it <laughs> turns out that our golden spatula is going to be quite expensive. Yeah. If we assume, look, I'm just gonna we'll make a fairly we'll make a fairly sort of. I think you've got to you've got to like. You've probably got to make the handle out of gold, right? And then, and yeah. then you have like golden, golden coloured latex for the for the because otherwise it's not functional, right? Well, I, I think. What do you want it to be functional, or do you want it to be decorative? You want it to be functional. Okay, then it's probably just spatulas are great. It's probably just the handle then. Okay, so the handle. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw out there that that a uh, the handle for a spatula yeah. is probably gonna weigh in the vicinity of. 400 grams. 400 grams. 400 grams, does that sound reasonable to you? Of metal. Of metal, yeah. Yeah, okay. I'll, I'll pay 400 grams. All right. Yeah. That's probably going to set you back about $30,000. That's not That's not too bad. <laughs> that's not too bad. Um, yeah, 30 k for a golden spatula? I mean, like... Exo, come on down. You know. So I thought, I thought we would finish with a bone. Excellent. Yeah. And particular a, a festive theme bone, because it's Christmas. Why not finish with a downer? 
I got a bone to pick with charity. (laughs) (laughs) Most controversial bone ever. I mean, I don't want to get too deep here. I've got a bit of a bone to pick broadly with the concept of charity because at the end of the day, I think you probably agree with me on this one. Theoretically, we should have enough resources on the planet to cater for everyone, make sure everyone's looked after. So that's a that's a that's a broad bone, and I think governments really absolve a lot of their responsibilities by pushing certain causes onto private charities. Anyway, Agreed. that's, that's yep. a separate bone. That's separate that's bone. not actually what the bone. This bone this is a specific and hopefully humorous. This is a bone. specific bone against the Woolworths Corporation. Ooh. Who I was at today, spending yeah. my hard-earned money, and by hard-earned money, I mean money that I got from the government during this pandemic. Free money button. Spending my money at Woolworths, and I got to the. Uh, this is a mini bone for you, the self-service checkout. I got oh. to the self-service checkout. At the end of it, they say, "Would you like to round up your um, cost to the nearest dollar?" Yeah. And donate that money to a charity, which in this right. case is Oz Harvest. Oz Harvest, a great charity, doing good work. Yeah. The issue that I have, again, is that Woolworths are a billion-dollar company. Yep. Making billions of dollars. Yep. And yet, they're putting it on you, the everyday consumer, to chip in the 73 cents to Oz Harvest. Yeah. You know what, Woolworths? Fucking just bite the bullet. Pay the 73 cents yourself. Because they're, what they're doing is they're pretending mm. to care about these charitable mm. causes mm. by quote-unquote partnering with these charitable causes. But then they're making you pay the cash. Um, so in New Zealand, there's a supermarket called Countdown, which yeah. is also owned by Woolworths here in Australia. Same, same. same company. Yeah. And they've got these bins next to the checkouts. Once you've gone through, you can donate goods yeah. to charity. So it's like the idea is you can buy some canned goods and you can donate them. So it's like, hang on. So you've bought that can of peaches for 25 cents yeah you're then selling it to me for a dollar and then expecting me to donate it so it's costing me 75 cents to donate that tin of peaches it's costing you 25 cents just donate the damn peaches it's not costing them anything no it would it would cost them the cost price to donate food but for us to donate the food we're, we're paying retail price so they get their little profit, but they can also pretend like they're doing stuff for charity. I think it's a load of bullshit. Unconscionable. To quote the big dog. I just think it's it's faux charity. Yeah. Like, they partner with these charitable organisations, well, but it's always you that foots the bill, and I think that's annoying. They also take tax deductions from it. You know that, right? Probably. Yeah. The, no, it's so, all a rot. So they actually use those, because that money goes through their, act, their system... They write off tax on those tax deductions. It's fucking bullshit. <laughs> Fuck charity. I'm not. I'm not having it. That was. That was not where I thought you were going with that <laughs> particular bone. So well done. Piss me off. So that's the bone. I like it. Yeah. Hopefully next year we'll get the other boys here. Big Dog's computer won't explode, and Eric won't be on a fucking last minute bucks party. <laughs> the cursed Christmas party edition, indeed. But it's been a good time. It's been fun. I had a few beers, feeling pretty toasty. Feeling Little pretty things. nice. And that's what you want. Well, that seems like as good a place as any to leave it. Merry Christmas. Um, Merry Christmas, everyone. Um, or whatever holidays. As Big Dog said in one of the Christmas episodes, um, you know, happy happy holidays if you go for that sort of thing. <laughs> Which is one of my favorite Big Dog quotes. But... Um, yeah, we are, uh, what are we, we're a couple of weeks out, three weeks out from Christmas, so uh, 
Big Dog, yeah. I hope your computer's okay. Um, yeah, well, we better call Big Dog, find out what's happened. Nothing from him. Nothing probably. from him at all. So, uh, yeah. Um, but that's it. We will. Uh, we hope you enjoy your Christmas festivities. We hope that you uh, see off this absolutely mental year with some sort of positive, jovial good times. Mm. And that we take those good times into 2021, which is where you will almost certainly hear from us next. Um, but that is it from the Barrel Book Hour for 2020, the craziest of the years thus far. And um, we will see you all on the other side. I could really go for some cheese. <laughs> Just feeling cheesy. Merry Christmas, KB. <laughs>